What's going on, guys? Hardest part of the ring here again with another apron bump and a special, special, as always, a special apron bump. Uh, today, we're just gonna talk about shit that annoys us as wrestling fans. There's a lot of it today. I mean, not, I mean, I figured this can be like a whole, whole series. You know, when I kind of started doing this podcast and I was thinking of like themed shows that I can do, right? Because we can't just, we could talk about what's happening week to week, month to month, whatever, whatever. But that gets kind of monotonous after a while, especially nowadays with the empty arena shows and the very like the watered down product that's being given to us today. Not a whole lot of current events to talk about. So I figure that gives us a perfect opportunity to uh, talk about stuff that grinds our gears, as some would say. So like I said, when I first started this podcast, I, I literally I made a list on my phone of uh, like pet peeves in wrestling. Things that just really annoyed me that... I didn't understand why they existed. And now this isn't going to be the same as, you know, my previous podcast a few weeks ago, shutting down the idiots. That was more geared towards the fans and the stupidity of the wrestling community that watches the product. But this is more geared towards the wrestling promotions themselves. Today, it's going to be a lot of WWE is kind of where I'm gearing my annoyances. Um, But this applies to wrestling companies all over the world, a lot of these things. So don't want to make it seem like I'm just beating up on WWE, but I am going to beat up on WWE a lot today. Um, and this is this is not like a top 10, whatever the fuck list. I'm not going to be counting, you know, top 10 things that annoy me. No, it's going to be a thing that kind of things are going to flow into each other. And well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But today and then there and this is the thing. There are so many things on that list that I made of things that annoy me that I decided I could actually compartmentalize them into like themes. Like there's themes of uh, things that annoy me in regards to like championship belts or things that annoy me in regards to character development or or uh, there, there, there's going to be a WrestleMania theme of what grinds my gears in regards to WrestleMania. But today... We're going to start out hot. Today, it's going to be all about pet peeves about gimmick matches. And anything related to gimmick matches. It's going to be the matches themselves, the build-up, everything about them. I'm just going to dedicate a whole entire podcast here to venting my frustrations. And right off the bat, I I would say the number one thing right now and this is wwe pretty much is gimmick themed pay-per-views get the fuck out of here with that shit dude oh my god like see this is just like i I look at these gimmick themed pay-per-views right you have you have elimination chamber you have hell in a cell you have tlc extreme rules you had fatal four-way breaking point What else? I feel like there's others that I'm even forgetting. But the reason it's so frustrating is that they're clearly relying on the match types to sell the pay-per-views instead of the characters, instead of the storylines. 
you know, back in the day, you would have uh, evergreen pay-per-view names. In other words, paper, pay-per-view names that don't really matter, really. But, you know, they kind of give like a, like a just like a general feel. You know, you had, you had No Mercy or uh, No Way Out. Some stuff like that. That's like, kind of gives you the idea of the theme, but it's not like force-fed into the match types. But when you have something like Hell in a Cell, for example... This is probably the most egregious one, especially back in the day when they would have like three Hell in a Cell matches on a show. I guess they still have like two, right? So it's still pretty bad. But you got to look at when Hell in a Cell first started, right? You know, you had Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels back in 1997. This was a blood feud, okay? You you had The Undertaker, who is this very strong character, this dominant presence, and then you have Shawn Michaels, who's kind of like the cocky chicken shit heel, who in all reality would run away from a fight with The Undertaker, especially at that point in his career. You know, he's kind of still pretty early on in his main event run, fairly, I guess, um, but to the point where his character is still just like a cocky, flamboyant kind of guy that dances out to the ring, you know, that guy. But when you put him, and the Undertaker in a match, and then you put a closed cage around them. Now, all of a sudden, the whole dynamic has changed, right? It's pretty much in favor of the Undertaker because now Shawn Michaels, who relies on his mobility and his ability to, you know, kind of, he can get out of situations when he can. And that, that kind of plays off his heel character, right? He kind of wants to run away. Now you have a cage and, and that wraps around them where there is no escape. That just adds to the dynamic of the match and it plays into the feud overall. But then you have, you know, flash forward, whatever, 20 years or so, and you have Charlotte and Sasha in a Hell in a Cell. Now, I think this feud could have been built to something that deserved Hell in a Cell. It could have been. At the time, it was, you know, they were having great matches over and over again. They were like the top two women in the whole entire company. The women's revolution was still fresh. People wanted to see a Hell in a Cell with women in it. I did, too. And I'm, I'm glad they're still doing it. Becky and Sasha was a great match this past year. However, when we look at that first one with Sasha and Charlotte, I hated it. I hated it so much. Not because of the match, although the match had a lot of stupid tropes, but we won't go into it. Um, Like the whole... <laughs> The Sasha getting carried off on a stretcher and then fighting her way off. I guess it was an homage to the thousand times that they've already done that in Hell in a Cells. But the point is, this whole match was built around, hey, isn't it funny now? Hey, isn't it crazy that women are going to be in Hell in a Cell? Isn't that going to be so fun? First time ever. Oh, my God. How many times did they fucking say first time ever in this shit? In the build up to this match. First time ever, women are going to be Hell in a Cell. You have Charlotte and Sasha are literally excited to be in Hell in a Cell. You should be petrified. That's the point of it. It's the fact that you can't escape. But you're excited just because it's the first time women are in it? Fuck you. If you want to be excited in, you know, in real life, out of character, I completely get it. But you're trying to build your characters up. You're trying to build the storyline up. Build the match as... These two women need to end this now. These two women need this cage around them to exemplify the fire and the fury of their rivalry. Caged animals that are going to rip each other apart limb by limb. Blood, guts, cage, 
Was that how it was built up? No, it was not. It was built up. Oh, I'm so excited that women finally get the opportunity to be in this fun match. Kill yourself. Are you shitting me with that? I think the Hell in a Cell probably died with that buildup. It was awful. And then that same year, you have Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens in a Hell in a Cell match. And in the weeks building up to the match, Kevin Owens is desperately trying to get out of the Hell in a Cell match because of how dangerous it is. So you have on the same show, you have a grown-ass man in Kevin Owens, who, by the way, is your champion at the time, being a chicken shit trying to get out of this match, which is, which is the build that you should have for this type of match. You have the stupid chicken shit heel that's trying to get out of it. So that the heroic babyface, in this case Seth Rollins, can finally get him one-on-one. Because he had Chris Jericho with Kevin Owens at the time. And that's the premise of the match. You keep people from getting in, and you keep people from getting out. In this case, they wanted to keep Chris Jericho from getting in. And they wanted to keep Kevin Owens from running away. Easy. Simple. That's all it should be. That's all it needs to be. You have Kevin Owens fearing for his life, and then one segment later, you have Sasha sitting there like, oh, I am i can't wait to get in there just to show that women can do anything that they want. Fuck that, dude. I hated that so much. I could talk about that for an hour, how much I hated that, but, but the point here is gimmick-themed pay-per-views. Hell in a Cell, probably my least favorite one, but the same applies. All this logic still applies for Elimination Chamber. Pretty much the same. You have a cage trying to keep all these competitors in the ring and trying to keep everybody out. You know, you look back to that first one in 2002 at Survivor Series. You had Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Kane, Rob Van Dam, Booker T, Chris Jericho. Probably arguably one of the best (laughs) elimination chambers to this day, and it was the first one. Because you had a sense of danger involved. It wasn't just a, oh, it's February, so I guess we'll uh, build this you know, fucking spaceship looking thing and throw, I guess we'll find six people to throw in there because well, it's February. I guess we gotta make a list of elimination, Jaber. God, it's, it's lazy. It's lazy. And that's really like the, the worst thing about all these gimmick pay-per-views is that it's, they're relying on the match types and they're not relying on the storylines or the characters. November of 2002, you had six guys that were all vying for the World Heavyweight Championship. You had six guys that were killing each other week in, week out. So Eric Bischoff comes out and devises this new match that takes six competitors, puts them all in a cage, and they fight it out to the death, and whoever wins gets the world title. SummerSlam the next year, you know, he had, again, six guys. All wanted to be world champion. It wasn't just... Oh, it's this month of the year, so I guess we gotta create a little. We get we gotta order, order the cage. Yeah, let's 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 make sure we get that here. I guess because you know it's that time of year. Let's find six guys and put them in there. No, it was. Oh, we have six guys that want to kill each other. Let's put them on a cage. It's simple as that. It doesn't need to be any more in- intricate than that. But we don't need to see it every year. Much as we don't need to see it two or three times every year like we do. It should be. This applies for Hell in a Cell as well. Hell in a Cell, Elimination Chamber, those should be matches that are rare. They should be matches that feel special when they occur. This past Elimination Chamber, I didn't give a shit. And that's just because we see them all the time now. We see them every year. We know when we're going to see them. We know months in advance when we're going to see these Elimination Chamber matches. It should be a shock. It should be, it should pull the viewer in. 
when the viewer watches week in, week out, they see all these people vying for that that title, whatever the title is, and they should be like, oh man, they might they might pull out the eliminate, elimination chamber here, or oh man, they might pull out a hell in a cell here, man, man. And then when they announce the match, you're like, oh shit, I gotta I gotta watch that pay per view just to see the hell in a cell because you know we don't see that very often, so it's gonna be cool as hell to see. And when you see them all back to back to back, you're seeing the same thing over and over again. So by the time the third Hell in a Cell match of the night is up, you're like, okay, who gives a shit? I guess it's just a normal match. And now, and on top of that, if you have three Hell in a Cell matches on a card, they're all going to be watered down because you can't go all out in each of them. You know, you can't have the first the opening match as a Hell in a Cell. You can't have, you know, both guys break down the walls and then climb this cell and then throw the guy through the middle of the cell or throw the guy off through the announce table. You can't do that in the first match. Because how are you going to follow that in the next two matches? So the first match is going to be super watered down. And by the third one, you might have that one big spot that you've been looking for. But at that point, you're kind of fatigued from seeing this match. And you don't really give a shit anymore. Same applies for TLC. TLC, at first, it was like, okay, we have... At least you're getting a little bit of variety. You're getting a tables match. You're getting a chairs match. You're getting a ladder match. You're getting a TLC match. There are four different match types, although they're... A lot of them are very similar. Chairs match is fucking stupid, first of all. Let's just let's just get that out of the way. Chairs match, just have a fucking street fight and use chairs in it. Tables match, okay. Without the Dudleys, just get rid of tables matches forever. If you're not a Dudley, don't be in a tables match. It doesn't make any sense. You're shoehorning these little gimmicks in here. Uh, it's funny, like, they'll build to TLC, right? And, uh... What's an example? I think that like Natalia and Ruby Riot had a tables match, I believe. And they're like, (laughs) to the build of the match, they just randomly like are using tables. Like, you know, Natalia will have them. I don't know whatever, whatever they did, but like Natalia would have a match and then Ruby Riot will come out, attack her from behind and then just randomly pull out a table. She's never pulled out a table in her career, but now it's just going to happen to pull out a table just because TLC is in three weeks. Oh man, now it's going to be a tables match. What are the odds? It's like it's shoehorned garbage like that that makes it insufferable. Chairs matches are dumb. Tables matches, if you're not a Dudley, are dumb. And then you have ladder matches, which are if you either have a ladder match or have a TLC match. Don't have both on the same card. Ladder matches can be great. You know, Dolph and Luke Harper had a great one that one year. But dude, just have TLC matches. You know, the same thing. Make them rare. Make them make sense. They don't need to occur every year, multiple times. We don't need it. Extreme rules. Why does that pay-per-view even exist anymore? They, they literally will have... It was kind of fun at first when they had extreme rules and they had like every single match was a gimmick match, but they're all different. You know, They would have a tables match. They would have a last man standing match. They would have a submission match. They would have an Iron Man. What, you know, whatever. It was a little silly, but like... It's still, it's fun, and you're not seeing the same thing over and over again. But now it's Extreme Rules, it's like literally just a normal match card with one Extreme Rules match, quote-unquote, where they use a chair for like two spots and maybe a table. At that point, just make it a street fight and have it on literally any pay-per-view. <laughs> the one night a year where WWE goes extreme, are ya? With your one kendo stick hit and a and a lame DDT on a chair. Extreme. 
extremely douchey is what that is. So yeah, gimmick match pay-per-views. This is like a big one, right? As far as gimmick matches go, that the themed pay-per-views is the one thing we need to get rid of. Get rid of Elimination Chamber, Hell in a Cell, TLC, and Extreme Rules. I think that's all of them that they have right now. You can keep Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank's fine because it's like that and like Royal Rumble. Those are two milestones nowadays. Money in the Bank. You could argue Money in the Bank has become kind of stale nowadays, but I don't know. I like it personally. Um, And it gives gives up-and-coming stars that haven't really carved out a character a chance to kind of force their way in, you know. I think there's better ways to do it, but if they're not going to do it through character development and and actually creative, effective storylines, then fuck it. Give a guy a briefcase and have him cash in and become champion. See what happens. Royal Rumble, same thing. Drew Mac- that, that that match made Drew McIntyre. Okay, we're not we're not getting rid of the Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble rules. I like that more than WrestleMania personally, but. Keep Royal Rumble, keep money in the bank, but get uh, get that other shit out of there. Bring back, bring back vengeance. Bring back no mercy, unforgiven, no way out, fully loaded. I'm fine if you want to have themes. Bash at the Beach was a theme, or um, what was the one with the motorcycles? I don't. What you know, WCW had that kind of had that mindset where they would have, they would make every pay per view feel different. They, like I said, they would have Bash of the Beach. They would have like a like a Halloween Havoc, Slambery. They all felt different, but they didn't rely on gimmick matches to sell the shows. They didn't rely on a cage to get people to buy the pay-per-views. They relied on the characters that they developed and the storylines that have occurred throughout the show. That's what pulled people in, and that's what made wrestling great is because you had characters and storylines to get invested in and didn't just rely on stunt show car crashes with ladders and cages and whatever the fuck. That's really the source of why gimmick-themed pay-per-views are so terrible and that that we needed to get rid of them. What else? What else about gimmick matches? I mean, outside of the the pay-per-view themes... There are certain matches that have little nuances to them that are uh, pretty terrible. For example, let's take the steel cage match. This is a big one. This is one of my one of my first Instagram posts. Was literally laying into the steel cage match and what is so goddamn terrible. First of all, the door, the fucking door. Are you? Door, door escape should not exist. Period. You should not be able to walk out the door. Now, if you want to have a spot where like somebody busts through the door, or if you want to have like somebody, a guy's buddy come out and like lockpick the the fucking the padlock or like get bolt cutters and like rip the cage off and then take them out of there, that's kind of fine. I'm okay with that. But you literally have two guys in a cage fighting each other. Basically how they have it set up is that one guy can just point at the ref and say, hey, can you open the door? And then the ref just fucking opens the door. That goes against the whole premise of a cage match. A cage match is two guys locked in a cage and they can't escape. That's what it should be. That's not what it is. 
In reality, it's two guys locked in a cage until they want to leave and then they get asked to leave. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me with that shit? Don't go out the door. Door escape is stupid. It makes sense when you climb over the cage because that just shows how desperate you are to get out of there. You're putting yourself in peril. You're putting yourself 15 feet in the air with a possibility of falling to your fucking death. That shows desperation. That shows urgency. And that all plays into the drama of the match. But when you just open the door, hey, Refsky, why don't you throw that joke rope in so I can skip on out of here? Are you kidding me? That is so fucking dumb. I can't believe it has lasted so long. How do you're like structuring this match? How do you, how do Pete, there's like 20 people in the writer's room. How do you not see how stupid that is? How, how does an agent working with the talent, how do they not see how much that just douses the fire of the match? It completely eradicates any drama that could be built up because you can at any time just walk through the door. Now, some guys have made it kind of entertaining, like that Dolph-Kofi match from last year where like Kofi jumped over Dolph as he was trying to get out of the ring. That was fun, I guess. But why can't you just have Kofi... Why can't you have the two guys fighting on top of the cage and then Kofi slips out? Or why can't you just have a pinfall submission win? You have to have a silly, dusty finish like that. And by the way, while we're on the subject, the whole spot where... Like you have, so you have the door open, right? You have one person climbing over the cage and you have one person crawling to the door. The person climbing down from on top of the cage is climbing down, climbing down, and then they get crotched on the door by someone else who interferes. We recently saw that with the the Tegan Knox dakota Kai cage match where uh, Raul Gonzalez came out. Raul Gonzalez? Is that her name? Whatever her fucking name is, who cares? Crotched Tegan Knox, so she was like sitting on top of the door while Dakota Kai came out, and like Gonzalez was like pushing her against the cage in between the door and the cage so she couldn't get down. We've seen that spot too many times. Enough of it. We get it. It's overdone, overused. Don't need it anymore. But yeah, steel cage matches. Get rid of the door stipulation. It's dumb. It's unnecessary. If if you have two guys in there that are not confident in climbing over the cage to get out, then maybe they shouldn't be in the match to begin with. Or maybe you just do a pinfall submission match. And that's another thing. With steel cage matches, have some matches that have pinfalls and submissions, but have some matches that have like escape only. You know, like SmackDown, the like the video game. You can you can make it so that you can only win by climbing over the cage. Have that. That's entertaining. It's it's drama. It makes the viewer get sucked into the match. So, you know, back in the day, that's when matches, steel cage matches were the best when you had, I don't know, the Hardys and Edge and Christian fighting and trying to get out of the cage. Those were awesome. They're dangerous, I guess. But if you're worried about the danger, then don't have a steel cage match. How about that? So, yeah, steel cage matches have a lot of issues. And hopefully uh, when the WWE brass listens to this podcast, they'll uh, take the appropriate measures to make those changes. Thanks. Um, what else? Oh, ladder matches. Hooey. Um, if you've listened to me before, you've probably heard about me talk about ladder matches and how I hate modern day ladder matches. Reason being that they're just, 
stunt shows. They're spot fests. You know, you might have something like Money in the Bank where that's really, that's just going to be the nature of it. You have six or eight guys in there or girls. And yeah, there's going to be a lot of spots. It's going to be a lot of, a lot of spectacle. And that's okay. That's okay. But we also need to thread some story in there. You could have multiple guys. Let's look at WrestleMania 17, for example. The TLC match, which is still a ladder match with an added caveat. You had six guys in there. Six guys. It's going to be a clusterfuck. But they managed to create a story in that match. It doesn't have to be super intricate. It doesn't have to be filled with nuance. A ladder match, at the end of the day, you have a prize hanging from the ceiling. Everyone in that match is desperately trying to get that prize. Whether it's the tag title, the world title, Money in the Bank, Judy Bagwell, Viagra on the pole match, whatever it is. You're trying to get whatever is hanging. The build to this match has been premised on, hey, we both want that prize. Let's hang it from the ceiling and see who really wants it. Simple. Sean and Razor did it beautifully. They used the ladder as a weapon. They used the ladder as catapults for their offense. But at the end of the day, they were both trying to climb it to get the title. Like I said, WrestleMania 17, all six guys, even though it was a car crash spectacle, they were still weaving the story of, oh, we all want to be tag team champion. So we're all going to keep trying to climb the ladder. And if the ladder's not in place, we're going to maybe do some offense off the ladder or, you know, we're going to try to eliminate these guys so that we can climb the ladder. It's simple. It just doesn't have to be, you don't have to overcomplicate it. You don't have to take a ladder and then like put like two ladders in the in between the rungs on each side and then you know springboard off one ladder over the ladder onto the other ladder and then do a backflip onto another ladder then springboard off the ropes onto another you don't need that it doesn't need to be a like a i mean you, you ever play mousetrap maybe i'm dating myself but mousetrap is like a board game where you create this like crazy three-dimensional track you like build pieces that like make ramps and then little buckets for the, like you like roll a ball through it and like the ball goes through the hole and then like hits like a lever. And then it's like, that's what, I, that's what I think of when I see like modern day ladder matches, like the crazy setups that they do or like happy Gilmore with his, like at the end of the movie, when he hits like the, the golf ball off the, the pipes and then it like rolls down this pipe and then this pipe and then it bounces off this thing and then goes in the hole. That's what I think of when I see these stupid fucking contraptions that they make with these ladders. You don't need it. You have ladders. You have guys that want whatever's hanging. Beat each other up. Do spots when you need to, when they make sense. But don't make the match just, oh, there's this big spot. Rest, 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 rest. Okay, now time for this big spot. Okay, now while these guys are resting now, I'll set up five ladders so that we can do the next spot. It doesn't need to be that. It's a, it's simple. It can be a simple story of people trying to get what they want that's hanging from the ceiling and they're going to fight tooth and nail to keep other people from climbing up there. That's it. It doesn't need to be more than that. It doesn't need to be a stunt show. It just needs to be a dramatic climb to the top period. And that's when ladder matches thrive. That's why, you know, like I said, the WrestleMania 17 match was so good and so heralded or Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho at Royal Rumble 2001. They're the best ladder matches in history, not because of the spots that occurred in the match, but because of the drama that they let build throughout the match, utilizing the ladder. So yeah, I have a lot of issues with ladder matches. 
Some are still good nowadays, but you have garbage like the the Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks one that occurred a few months ago. Terrible. Terrible. Ooh, Canadian Destroyer off a ladder. Cool. But then whoever took the Canadian Destroyer got up like a minute later and they were fighting like it didn't happen. And in that match, not one person climbed the ladder to get the titles until the end. Go back and watch that match. Nobody tried to climb the ladder to get the titles. They tried to climb the ladder to do little flips off the ladder. But nobody set it in the middle of the ring to try to get the titles. And when you have a match like that, it is not worth my time. And by the way, while we're talking about ladder matches, and this kind of goes back to the gimmick match pay-per-views, TLC. TLC should be a ladder match where you're climbing a ladder to get up whatever's hanging. It should not be a pinfall match. Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns was a TLC match that the winner you won by pinfall or submission. Why not just have a fucking street fight? Which they ended up doing, I think, right? And just just introduce ladders or tables or chairs if you want to, but don't shoehorn this gimmick into this 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 rivalry just because it happens to overlap in December and that's when the TLC pay-per-view is. Make it make sense. I could go on. <laughs> I could go on. I could drone on and on about ladder matches, but we have other shit to make fun of. One being the last man standing match. Ugh, dude, like I get the premise. The premise is fine. But the execution of this match always results in a match that feels like it's taken forever. Last man standing matches always drag on far too long. All I got to do is point you to the Edge Randy Orton match that happened at WrestleMania this year. It was a fine match, but it could have been half as long. It could have been a street fight that was 25 minutes. And what that would have done was incorporated pinfalls and submissions to build that drama and not just countless one, two, three. Like, that's what the whole match was. It'd be Randy Orton takes Edge, runs him into a wall. One. Two, and he gets up to like six, and then Edge gets up, and they start fighting, and then, oh, Edge you know, r- runs him into a barricade, and then it hits him with a chair. One. Two. Oh, fuck, dude. Like, are you kidding me with this shit? We know the match isn't going to end from a suplex. Three minutes into the match. We know you're not going to get to ten. Have some faith in the viewer. We're not stupid. If last man standing matches are going to continue to exist, we need to just have these counts occur last less often. They don't need to, the ref doesn't need to count to six or seven after every move. Better yet, make it so that the wrestler giving the move has to like make the ref count. So like if a guy, say like Randy Orton does a few moves, moves on edge and edge is down. He needs to point at the ref and make him count, which they do, I guess. But you should have that happen less often. You, you should have you should make that happen when the wrestler truly believes that it's going to be over, not after a snapmare. Okay, <laughs> shit, dude. It just makes the match, like I said, it just makes it drag on far too long. And at the end of the day, by the time you get to the end of the match, you're just like fucking glad that it's over. The pop that occurs is like, oh yeah, finally this slow ass goddamn match is over. 
my beard's fucking five inches longer and there's a new president since the beginning of this match like it's a <laughs> that's what it feels like you know what i mean but whatever uh what else oh gauntlet matches the concept of a gauntlet match the pure the pure premise of it is fucking ridiculous like how is it fair you have like eight guys or whatever in a gauntlet match and then the first guy comes out and he has to beat seven people seven people in individual matches to win this isn't the same as like a royal rumble or something when yeah you come out first but you can like kind of you fight at the beginning then you can kind of just like sit down and take a breather in the corner for like half the match and then whatever it still has that sense of like luck of the draw and endurance and you're still at a disadvantage but it's not the same as competing one-on-one in individual matches it's silly like what the fuck like it makes for some dramatic moments i guess like you look at when kofi had the beginning of his run was due to a gauntlet match and his performance in it but there's other ways to go about it have have instead of these hour-long gauntlet matches let's say you have eight people in a gauntlet match and it's a it's span it's like one match over an hour how about instead of that you just have mini tournaments Instead of one gauntlet match, have four separate matches that lead to a semifinals. There you still have the stakes. In fact, I think you even have even more stakes. I think people would be even more sucked into that. You look at something like the Cruiserweight tournament that they're doing. People love that shit. All the tournaments that they've done in the Cruiserweight division. They've all been heralded and they're all critically acclaimed. Because there's stakes involved in every match. Instead of these stupid-ass gauntlet matches that take fucking forever, how about you just have separate matches? Make more sense, like, in storyline, right? You you have all these people are on the same plane, they all have the same chance, and you don't make people look bad for losing to a guy who had just had five other matches. And that's the thing, you have, like, like the Kofi match I talked about earlier, right? He, he beat Randy Orton after he had, after Kofi had already had, like, four or five other matches, I guess at the end of the day, it didn't really hurt Randy, but it's hurt people in the past because of stupid shit like that. If, if there was somebody, some jabroni that was still like building up his character, that guy would like, look like a fucking nerd. Why well, you lost to a guy who had already been wrestling for an hour? What a geek. Get him out of here. Box him up and ship him somewhere else. That guy's not worth my time. Gauntlet matches are just, they're dumb. That's all there is. It's they're, they're dumb. Get him out of here. I mean, those are some of the main gimmick matches that I always roll my eyes at. You know, the ladder matches, the last man standing matches, cage matches, gauntlet matches. They all have their real their their issues with them that uh, are pretty un- unnecessary and um all kind of plays into the to the formulaic kind of structure that WWE has and all plays into their mentality of relying on match types to get over their to uh to bring the people in rather than utilize the characters that they have and being able to make storylines to build around those characters and to get people invested in them to the extent to where they will tune in or they'll buy a pay-per-view or buy a ticket they're utilizing these gimmicks but it's one thing when they shoehorn gimmick matches in there into storylines it's another thing when the execution is just terrible, dude. Like another another pet peeve of mine is when rules are disregarded 
or they're just flimsy when it comes to these matches. Let's look at, you can look as recently as uh, John Moxley versus Jake Hager. They had that empty arena street fight. No disqualification, no rules. What they should have called it is no disqualification, no rules, except for rope breaks. I've seen this so like too many times, but that's just the most recent one. If, there, if there's no disqualification, you don't have to let go when somebody gets to the ropes, Jake. You have him in an ankle lock. He gets to the rope. I get now... People kind of misunderstand this sometimes. They think that they think because they think it's like a, a a disqualification thing with the ropes. No, it's if you get to the ropes, that means you're out of bounds, which means that you cannot lose out there via pinfall or submission. And if there's a if there's a no disqualification stipulation, sure, maybe you can't win while they're in the ropes, but you can hold on to that hold and cause more damage, and you don't have to the ref should never tell them to break the hold or even maybe he can but if he does then the other guy shouldn't listen to him because it's no fucking disqualification what's the ref gonna do nothing especially in that fucking empty arena unsanctioned match whatever they had it happens all the time they make these rules very simple but for some reason guys can't follow them Hell in a Cell had happened. Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns had a Hell in a Cell match, and just because Brock Lesnar came in and attacked both of them, now the match is over? Now it's a no contest? Because for, for what? Was it a no contest when Kane interfered in the first Hell in a Cell match and attacked The Undertaker? No. There's no consistency here in the rules which means that the rules can just change whenever, which means the rules don't fucking mean anything. In which case, how is somebody going to get invested in a match where the rules can just change at the drop of a dime? That Brock Lesnar thing was absolutely absurd. The Hell in a, a, hell in a Cell match was stopped because Brock Lesnar gave some guys his finishing move. It wasn't stopped when Mick Foley fell damn near to his death through an announce table. It wasn't stopped when Mick Foley fell to his death again when he fell through the middle of the cell, through the middle of the roof, into the mat. It wasn't stopped for various thumbtacks or sledgehammers or whatever crazy spots we've seen in Hell in a Cells. But you have Brock Lesnar and just give two moves to guys and now the match is over. The main event of a pay-per-view is a no contest because of that. Because you don't know how to fit it in your storyline that you just are so strict and you don't want to vary at all in what your plan is. So you want to just shoehorn a stupid concept of a no contest just as as plot armor. And by the way, sorry, I, I keep going back to Hell in a Cell, but there's so many issues with it. Why is the shit red now? For what reason? There's literally no reason. I guess because hell, fire. No, it's, it looks dumb. It looks like a like a like a Mattel cheap Mattel toy. You can't even see in the shit anymore because it's bright red. You can't see. It's like unnecessary. Like why do they make it bigger? 
the original premise of Hell in a Cell was that you have people inside the ring and now you have this claustrophobic cage around you that turns the people inside into caged animals and makes each other rip each other apart. Now it's just this huge, it's like a building. They made it like twice as big. Now you can't utilize the roof inside. Now the the outside of the ring is pretty much just like a normal match. There's way too much room to maneuver in a modern day Hell in a Cell match. Back in the day, it felt like a cage. Now it's just like a building that happens to be around the ring that plays no factor into the match at all. Same thing with the, the elimination chamber. First of all, they, they changed the whole outside structure look of it. to It used to look like, again, like a, like a cage that you would put animals in. Now it looks like a spaceship that doesn't look threatening at all. It just looks like a big monstrosity. Then they took the floors out of the, the elimination chamber. So now it's just a padded floor instead of a steel grate. Which, for I get... Probably sucks to take a bump on the steel grate, but if you don't want to take the bump on it, don't be in the match or don't have the match if you don't want your wrestlers to do that. Don't water it down and make it baby proof. Like, what's the point? There's no danger involved anymore. And add on to the fact that you see at least two of these a year. Who's who in the fuck is going to care about Elimination Chamber? Nobody. You don't need to shoehorn these matches when they don't belong. And that's the overarching theme here. Make gimmick matches mean something again. And make them make sense. Don't just have a TLC match because it's December. Have a TLC match because it's a rivalry that deserves it, where it makes sense with the characters involved. And don't sell the pay-per-view off of, oh, there's going to be a TLC match. Sell the pay-per-view off Oh, there is this rivalry that is so hot and such a blood feud that it deserves a TLC match or a Hell in a Cell match or Elimination Chamber or whatever it is. WWE for the past shit decade or so has been using these gimmick pay-per-views and has been shoehorning gimmick matches in far too often as a crutch because they haven't built stars to the point where people want to tune into the show just to see the stars. They are using this to sell it as, hey, come look at this stunt show of these guys you don't care about. Yeah, you don't care about them, but look at the wacky moves that they'll do with these weapons. Fuck you. It's lazy, and it's a symptom of the product today and why people aren't invested. It's why ratings are dropping. It's why people aren't getting invested in wrestling anymore is because they're relying on stupid gimmicks like this and not character development, and not storylines. That's the overall theme here, and that is the source of all this frustration that made me dedicate a whole podcast to these stupid gimmicks and the problems that they have. So I'll leave it at that. Thank you all once again for listening. Thank you all for all the support that you've given this podcast. It keeps me coming up here every single week. Make sure to give me a follow or subscribe both on Instagram and Twitter, as well as whatever podcast platform you listen to. Uh, also note that all my shows are, are on YouTube now. I uh, pretty much just uploaded all the MP3, MP3 files to YouTube. So it's going to be the same format that you listen to um, if you listen to it as a podcast. But in the future, I will do some uh, some live shows, maybe some watch-alongs. Tons of things I have ideas for, but check me out on YouTube. Give me a subscribe uh, at Apron Bump on YouTube as well. 
Uh, give the videos a like when you can. I'd surely appreciate it. Thank you guys again. I am hard. Oh, 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 oh